Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, and today, White Boy Malcolm X, I think I am feeling a little bit more like America's most beloved self-loathing homosexual, so I think I will do that shtick again today. So yes, folks, I am America's most beloved self-loathing homosexual, and yes, of course, I am here, as always, with my fake black friend, White Boy Malcolm X. If you want to get hold of me, you can do it a couple different ways. My email is miller at millerfrostonline.com. And my parlor handle is at Miller Frost. And if you're like, well, Miller, why are you not on Twitter? Well, let me tell you something, folks. Do not call Jake Tapper an hysterical drama queen more than once. Because if you do that, Twitter, those virgin white pajama boys <laughs> over at Twitter will toss you right off of there. So don't do that. Jake is a very, very sensitive soul. So he gets butt hurt when you call him an hysterical drama queen. So don't do that, folks. Just don't do that. You want to stay on Twitter, and if not, hey, call him that all you want and then come over to Parlor. We're having fun over there. So this will be a bit of a short podcast. I know famous last words. This will probably be an hour by the time all is said and done, but let's go ahead and jump right into our news quick hits just to get the process underway. And the first story is from Blaze Media, and how was this headline? Illinois City prepares first round of reparations to black residents, but activists say it's not enough. It is never enough. Everyone knows that. Yes, and this is a follow-up story to our Sunday podcast where we were talking about Evanston, Illinois, just north of the city of Chicago, and they are doing some sort of reparations program paid for by weed smokers. So they have a 3% tax on the ganja, the good stuff. And so all of you huffer and puffers up in Evanston, you are footing the bill for this. But of course, people are not happy because when they talk about reparations, they mean show me the money. And right in this program is not showing anyone as much money as they want. The only pull quotes I have for this are just people whining and complaining. So I thought we'd just read those off real quick and then move on. Reparations are meant to close the racial wealth gap. I told you folks, show me the money. The program that the city of Evanston is offering does not do that, community activist Kevin Brown said. This housing program is not what reparations mean. It's not all-inclusive, Sebastian Nall, an organizer for Evanston Rejects Racist Reparations. <laughs> so reparations, apparently, weed paid for reparations are racist as well. And then one last quote, just putting money into a loan is not true reparations, Sarah Bogan of Evanston Fights for Black Lives said. So they are all not happy. They have not shown them the love. They have not shown them the Benjamins up in Evanston. So you city council members in Evanston, you need to uh, get to work to make all the... How many social justice warriors can be in Evanston? I thought that town was pretty lily white, but I guess they got enough capital B black people up there and they are all activists and they all want the money. So get to work up there. From Forbes, speaking of injustice, more than half of Americans have lost at least one form of household income over the past year while others went unscathed or even earned more, according to a new poll that showed signs of the uneven toll the pandemic recession has taken on the U.S. economy. And we all know that, folks, because everyone is trying to get in on that disproportionately disaffected uh, action there, right? So the BIPOC folks are always in there. The Queens are in there as well. We've had a couple articles on both. And I think you can probably pick a group, and they will find a way to be disproportionately disaffected as well. And here's one more pull quote from that. The COVID-19 pandemic has worsened the wealth gap between white and minority households, according to the poll. More than a third of Hispanics and 29% of Black Americans said there was a layoff in their household during the pandemic. A sharp contrast, not just a contrast, folks, but a sharp contrast from the 21% of white Americans. So 
If we follow the equity model that is now being pushed by creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer and his colleagues in the federal government and at the state level in certain states, we need to get more white people fired. (laughs) Is the best I can come up with there. That is the quickest solution is to get more white people fired so we can even those numbers out. I'm getting better at this white boy, Malcolm X. I mean, like I say, folks, I'm pretty woke, right? I am the wokest person I know, but man, it is pretty easy being woke around here these days. I just, I know exactly what to do. Screw someone. (laughs) Not in a literal sense, but hey, let's find some group that has been disproportionately disaffected and let's destroy everyone else so everyone feels equally miserable. This is from Quartz, and this is for all you working women. All career advice for women is a form of gaslighting. Hmm, let's find out more about that, and here are a couple pull quotes there. If you're a working woman, you've likely been inundated with advice about how to ensure that gender double standards don't impede your brilliant career. Assert yourself boldly at meetings in an appropriately low tone of voice, yet purr pleasingly when negotiating salary. Be smart but never superior, a team player though never a pushover, ever effective yet not intimidatingly intellectual, Calibrate ambition correctly so that none are offended by your sense of self-worth, but all seek to reward your value. Dress the part. And here's one more. Inevitably, even in the most allegedly enlightened workplaces, women contend with subtle biases. And so the fairer sex gets the message that we can't just work. We must also contort and twist and try not to seem bitchy as we lean in. Man! That seems exhausting to have to deal with. Good God. You can't just show up and do your job. You got to deal with all that crap too. I don't know why anyone wants to transition into being a woman if this is all they have to deal with, all this gaslighting, all this bad career advice that they're getting. So hang in there, ladies, you cisgendered ladies and you non-cisgendered ladies, you uh, transgender ladies, hang in there. Hopefully it will get better for you. That does sound exhausting though, man. I guess I'm lucky, White by Malcolm X, like this show. I just show up. Do it, and who cares what people think? You can kiss my gay middle-aged ass. I don't care. This next story is from UPI, and folks, man, I tell you what, we almost had to come on this show and do a public service announcement, but thankfully we didn't. We we dodged a bullet here. If you're like, Miller, Miller, what the heck's going on? What's going on over there? Folks, here's the headline, and I know you can figure it out from there. Baby kangaroo found after night on the loose in New York. So we almost had a rapey kangaroo situation in New York. We've already had one down under in Australia. We had a potential rapey kangaroo story out of Alabama a couple weeks ago. And this one, and I know you folks are like, Miller, it's just a baby kangaroo. How horny and rapey could it get? Folks, we can't trust these kangaroos. (laughs) I'll tell you what, we cannot trust these kangaroos. Better be safe than sorry. Here's a couple pull quotes, though, for you. A baby kangaroo that escaped from a New York farm employee's home was found by a sheriff's deputy after a night on the loose. The Yates County Sheriff's Office said the female Joey, named Kaya, was captured. So folks, rapey kangaroos, women rapey kangaroos, generally like to go after teenage boys. So thankfully, teenage boys tend to just nest at home. They're in their mother's basement, where they'll be for the next 20 or 30 years, playing video games and doing stuff with themselves. But we're okay there, regardless. Anyway, Kaya was captured by Deputy Sheriff Scott Walker about a mile away from where she had escaped from the home of a Stokey Farms employee. So we are safe, folks. No need to panic. No need to worry. No need to lock up your teenage boys. This potentially rapey kangaroo is back, back in the cage, just like all those little children down by the border. Thank you, Joe Biden. From Bloomberg. Hmm, what I tell you, folks, race is everywhere. A tax code optimized for white wealth leaves black Americans behind. And I do not have a pull quote because that article was so irritating to me that I just had to put it down. But I'll tell you what, though, I'm a little I'm a little upset here because, folks, I did my taxes and I even got my refunds back already. Done. 2020 is filed and done, put away, and I can forget about it, right? But what I'm pissed off about is I had no idea, even though I have white privilege, I didn't see anything on the H&R website that I could check off my white privilege box. They didn't ask me about my race because if there's a tax code that is optimized for white wealth, I didn't know about it. And that's what pisses me off. I'm almost butthurt about this because I could have gotten an extra refund just for being white, apparently, according to that Bloomberg article. But no, no, I did not. So next year, I guess I am going to have to look for that special white button I can check off to get extra money back from Uncle Sam. 
This is from Pink News. How's this headline? Demi Lovato feels too queer to be with a cis man after calling off her wedding. I felt this sense of relief. I tell you what, folks, Demi Lovato, she has been all over the news lately, and here she is again. She is too queer to be with a cisgendered man. So let's find out more about what's going on with her, that she's too queer, if there is such a thing. Demi Lovato has revealed that she feels too queer to date cis men after calling off her engagement to Max Ehrlich. Last year, Demi Lovato announced she was engaged to a cis man, Max Ehrlich, but the pair broke things off just two months later. Well, that was a very short engagement, and I did. I was like, who the hell is Max Ehrlich? So I looked him up, and I'm like, well, maybe the issue for Demi is not necessarily a cis man in general, but that particular one, he looks like a kind of a a millennial pajama boy to me. Demi, you got to get a real man to do a man's job. (laughs) Don't get a man child to do a man's job. This past year, I was engaged to a man, and when it didn't work out, I was like, this is a huge sign, she told Glamour. I felt this sense of relief that I could live my truth. She came out as queer in 2017, but she told the magazine she didn't realize how important her queerness was until now. When I started getting older, I started realizing how queer I am, Lovato said. Some of the guys I was hanging out with, when it would come time to be sexual or intimate, I would have this kind of visceral reaction, she explained. Like, I just don't want to put my mouth there. And I don't even, folks, I have no idea where she was going to put her mouth, but I can guess. It wasn't even based on the person it was with. I just found myself really appreciating the friendships of those people more than the romance, and I didn't want the romance from anybody of the opposite sex. I hooked up with a girl, and I was like, I like this a lot more. It felt better. It felt right. Hmm. Well, folks, I don't even know where to begin with that. But, (laughs) me, Miller Frost, so I, uh, course i have a couple of ideas white boy malcolm x is it just me or does demi lovato sound just like miley cyrus who i had to defend on this program a couple months ago when she came out with something very very similar to say she was accused folks of being transphobic because she said she just didn't like men's penises that way (laughs) she liked them in a sculpture on her coffee table or something like that but she she liked female hardware, and, and Demi, I'll tell you what, though, you are probably in for a world of hurt once this quote gets more widely circulated there, because that, to me, sounds just like the same thing. It sounds like Demi Lovato is what we call super straight, right? And that is a new sexual orientation, where if you like a man or you like a woman, you like a cisgendered man or a cisgendered woman, Demi, it sounds like, does not want to hang out and have sex with a woman with a penis, which is perfectly logical in this day and age, folks. And if you're like, Miller, that is absolutely insane. There's no such thing as a woman with a penis. Send me an email so I can give your name away (laughs) and send you to the camps, the re-education camps. Because, folks, I'm telling you right now, you better just, well, if you don't embrace it, I get it. Trust me. I get it, right? Because the last thing I want is a man with a vagina standing in front of me, right? I am Miller Frost. I am America's most beloved self-loathing homosexual, but I still want my men to be men, right? And I still want all that male hardware there. And I won't get any more graphic than that, but yes, you've got to embrace this. You've got, or at least fake it. You got to fake it till you make it. You just got to go out there. Do not piss off these woke people and do not piss off the transgender activists. So if they come to you and they're like, they show you a a woman with a penis, you're supposed to go, that looks delicious, right? All you straight men out there, all you lesbians out there are supposed to go, "Mm, yummy. Give that to me, right? Just like a teacher with some fresh teacher pay. So, Demi, if you are listening to this podcast, and you should, because, hey, we're having a lot of fun here, don't say that in public. Do not say that you don't want to put your mouth anywhere near a man or a woman with a penis because you are going to get in a world of hurt if you keep doing that. You keep saying things like that. So, settle down, Demi. And White Boy Malcolm X, I'll tell you what. If I got to come on this program and defend... Miley Cyrus, and I got to defend Demi Lovato (laughs) over this exact same thing. I think that is a sign of the apocalypse, man. I'll tell you what, I'm just waiting for it. I give it uh, about two or three days. Probably by Sunday's podcast, we should be seeing some, uh, some blowback on that comment. From the Daily Mail, police shut down hokey cokey. Officers move in as anti lockdown group, including children, breaks COVID rules by putting left leg in right leg out, and shaking it all about in park. So I guess the hokey cokey in England is the hokey pokey here in the U.S. So we have our own U.S. version of the hokey cokey, known as the hokey pokey. And 
COVID Karen was clearly upset. Police officers were called to shut down a round of the hokey cokey after families gathered to enjoy the weekend sunshine. And folks, when COVID Karen called the popo, she didn't call just the popo. She called in like eight police officers were there to bust this thing up. I can see COVID Karen. There are people in the park and they're having fun and they're doing the hokey cokey and they're violating the rules. They're violating all sorts of rules and I'm very upset about that and they're going to spread the COVID and we're all going to get the COVID because these people have to play in the park. You need to get out here. You need to send the SWAT team down there. You need to get the MI5 and the MI6 and MI whatever out there and arrest all these people and throw them in jail and fine them heavily. We can't have this. That is COVID Karen, folks. If you needed an impression of what COVID Karen sounds like when she is calling the popo to tattle on you for doing a barbecue this 4th of July, that is what she sounds like. Officers attended the jig around 10.30 a.m. on Sunday and engaged with the dancers as they pulled their left leg in, right leg out, turned around, and dispersed. So, eight police officers it took. They did their hokey-cokey out there, and they left. And COVID Karen was able to go back to spying on other neighbors and tattling on them for something else. Good God, you people need to get a life out there, tattletaling and snitching on your neighbors like that. This is from Newsbusters. Grown-up Punky Brewster returns with emasculated dad, gender-confused kid. White Boy Malcolm X, did you ever watch Punky Brewster? Hell no. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't even, I vaguely remember that show. I'm like, Punky Brewster, what the hell? So I like had to go to IMDb. I'm like, oh, it's that show. I never watched it, but uh, yeah, it's back. Apparently, it's back. Like everything is back. Will and Grace is back. I think they're bringing back Frasier. I saw White by Malcolm X. I saw they're bringing that back at some point. They're redoing everything, right? Because they have run out of ideas in Hollywood. But the best part about all these redos is that they are they are making them more woke. So listen to this for some more details. Remember Sunday nights in the 1980s when you turned on the TV to watch little Punky Brewster play in her treehouse with her friends? Did you ever think to yourself, I hope they reboot this show one day with Punky as a new age divorcee who has a gender dysphoric kid, and they better make sure her best friend Sherry is a lesbian who gets engaged to an independent feminist lawyer. Well, on February 25th, NBC's Peacock streaming service delivered on that woke fantasy. (laughs) And that is with Soliel. I don't know how to pronounce this young lady's or I guess I don't know how old she is these days, but Soliel Moon Fry. She is Punky Brewster and White Boy Malcolm X, Freddie Prince Jr. Remember him? Yes, he is. He is apparently the emasculated dad in this show. And I'm like, poor Freddie. I feel bad for Freddie that his career has gone here, that he is now on NBC's Peacock streaming service playing a man with his nuts removed <laughs> to Punky Brewster. Bless his heart. Freddie, keep trying, my friend. Keep trying. You will get there sometime. I tell you what, though, folks, I am bored senseless with the tokenism these days. <laughs> and I have to say, I am. I have a much bigger appreciation for South Park when, I don't know how many years back, they put in that black character and they called the character Token Black, and it was the Token Black, so it was a perfectly named character. But this tokenism, everywhere you look, right? And we talked on Sunday's podcast, and we've talked in the past about Star Trek Discovery. You know, Star Trek Discovery is the gayest show on television. They got more transgender and gay characters than anyone else on that ship. It is the gayest ship in Starfleet, as I like to say. We were just watching The Expanse on uh, on Amazon Prime, and sure enough, queens were everywhere on that show as well. You could not swing a dead cat in space and not hit some queen out there in space there as well. But uh, yeah, so now this one's got a... Gender dysphoric kid, like that hasn't been now been done like 50 times already. We just had that, what was that stupid movie that uh, Justin Timberlake is in? They've got a gender dysphoric kid. I mean, what show doesn't have a gender dysphoric kid? Now we've got a lesbian in there too. (laughs) Every time I watch these shows, I'm like, ah, there's the token queen. Ah, there's the token lesbian. Ah, there's the token transgender. Ah, there's the token black best friend. (laughs) We got all that, folks. We got all that. You people in Hollywood, you're boring me. Man, you got to come up with something more different than having all of us as tokens, all of us uh, LGBTQ plus people and all the BIPOC folks. And I can include us in that because white boy Malcolm X identifies as black. So we can talk about that here as well. And he is bored with token black people as well. And he definitely does not want to see token gay black people because <laughs> that would upset him twice as much. He would be doubly butthurt by that. I'll tell you what though, white boy Malcolm X, you know what's going to be risque in about two, three years? 
a show with like all straight people or all like all white people or all black people, no token anything anywhere. It's be like, oh, look at that show. It's so, so risque. They're just they're just straight people on that show. Man, so edgy, so cool, man. That's really neat. That's so that's so wonderful for the twenty first century. You don't see that anywhere. And for our last news quick hit story, this is from Tal Road. Low score for Warcraft Potter as Big Games Closet LGBT stories say silly twists are trans, impose don't ask, don't tell. And folks, I don't know what that that headline means because I read the article and I'm still like, that makes absolutely no sense to me. But basically, it's about how gay people or gay characters in games, and we've talked about that a couple times, and we had maybe about a week and a half, two weeks ago, we had a story about the new Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy, where they were introducing a trans character to that and how PC and wonderful and warm and fuzzy that made people feel inside. But uh, here are a couple pull quotes from that. When the developers of the new Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy, announced that it will include transgender characters, it seemed like a great step towards better representation in an industry that has been lagging. There are 2.5 billion gamers worldwide. The games they play can shape the way they see and interact with the world and also how they treat people. Because let's face it, folks, most of these millennial Gen Z kids are still in their mother's basement playing video games all day, every day. <laughs> you know, when they're not in school or whatnot, that's all they do. That is their world, is, uh, is these video games. So yeah, that is no surprise there. There is a growing body of research that shows that if you don't see certain people in the media you interact with, games included, you start to believe that those people are somehow unimportant. This is known as symbolic annihilation. So the representation of minority groups is important even if games take place in fantasy realms. <laughs> okay there, folks, there you go. So I guess people get a little butt hurt if they don't see themselves reflected back in society. And I guess that does dovetail nicely back to our past story on Punky Brewster with her uh, her gender-confused kid and her lesbian neighbor. So people are like, oh, I'm a lesbian, and I see a lesbian reflected in Punky Brewster, so I feel better about myself because if I don't see any lesbians... I'm going to feel like they're annihilating me. I'm being erased. I guess that's why all the transgenders keep saying, don't try to erase us. I guess that does mean something to some people, but uh, not to me, I suppose. White Boy Malcolm X, would you get butthurt if you were watching a television show? Like if we had watched The Expanse and we saw no queens on that show, would you have been butthurt about that at all? Me either. See, I was like, I don't give a crap. Like give me a compelling story. Give me good characters, give me in-depth characters, but do I care who they sleep with? No, just give me a good story any day, and I, I don't really give a crap. But I guess a lot of people do. I guess people, those nerds, those virgin pajama boys in their mother's basement, they have to see themselves in the game, reflected in the game, which is, I guess, why World of Warcraft has those little fat trolls running around, because that is what uh, a lot of those folks can see themselves in. Of all the things to complain about in society, unbelievable. I, of all the hills to die on, seeing myself in a video game, I'd be like calling like uh, one of these gaming companies, whatever they're called, like, I'm very upset with you. I don't see any gay, obese, middle-aged men in your game, and you're not reflecting me, and you're erasing me, and I'm just, oh, you're so homophobic. Ugh. I should try that one day. You know, these uh, woke pajama boys be like, oh, we're so sorry. We'll get that into our game right away. We're so sorry. Uh. So let's go ahead and dig into our news stories. And folks, I tell you what, it does pay to be humble sometimes. It really does. <laughs> because folks, I came onto this program on Sunday's podcast and I talked about my hubris and my arrogance because I say that the Lord giveth, but sometimes the Lord also taketh away. But I have been truly blessed because the Lord had been giving and giving and giving. Like on last Wednesday's podcast, I had not one but two smoking gun stories out of Florida, two human train wreck stories out of Florida. And yes, I know that is redundant. And and the Lord also gave me two teacher bait stories, right? So the Lord giveth me a lot, but the Lord did not take anything away. And I was kind of braggadocious about that, right, on last Wednesday's podcast. So what did the Lord do? He smited me, and he gave me no good smoking gun stories. So I came onto the program, and I confessed my sin of arrogance. And I confessed that, and I was very apologetic about it, right? And so the Lord, he has seen fit to show me that I have been worthy. He has giveth to me, and he has not taken it. Well, technically, I don't have a teacher bait story. So yes, he did giveth, but he also did take away. 
But White Boy Malcolm X, I can proudly say that we have gay at the front and smoking gun at the back. And folks, it is a Florida smoking gun story. So the Lord is showing mercy on me today. And I love tweaking you atheists out there <laughs> just to say that. But yes, we do have gay at the front and smoking gun. And it's a it's a pretty disturbing smoking gun story. But uh, hey, I'm Miller Frost. We're going to have a lot of fun with that dumpster fire. So this is from Queerty. And how's this headline, White Boy Malcolm X? And for you queens out there who have Grinder on your phone, this could be a public service announcement. This guy's horrific Grinder messages landed him in jail. Some queen is going to jail because he is sending bad Grinder messages. So let's find out more about that. 33-year-old Thomas Downs, a gay man living in Berkshire, UK, will serve a 14-month prison sentence. Downs confessed in court to putting a person in fear of violence and sending a letter or communication with threatening words after sending his ex-boyfriend more than 300 messages on the gay dating app Grinder, including one in which he threatened to kill an 11-year-old girl. So Thomas Downs already sounds like a horrible, horrible queen. Good God. 300 messages, white boy Malcolm X. Does his ex-boyfriend not know about the block feature on these apps? I guess not, but uh, yeah, 300 messages and threatening to kill a girl. And folks out there, you queens at Queerty, <laughs> Grinder is not a gay dating app. It is a hookup app if there ever was one. The Daily Mail reports that the saga began in 2012 when Downs met Jeffrey Eames. The couple began a romantic relationship which lasted four years before dissolving. Then in 2017, Downs contacted Eames on Grinder in hopes of rekindling their relationship. The two initially formed a friendship before Downs' messages began to take a disturbing tone. Eames began receiving a series of 111 prank phone calls all on the same day. And he couldn't block that number either, I guess. He also received more than 300 messages on Grinder, many of them threatening violence against him. One even threatened an 11-year-old girl, while another claimed to have put out a hit on Eames' life. I just put out a thousand-pound hit on you, the message read. Bye-bye. Police arrested Thomas Downs on July 18, 2017, though Downs continued to send threatening messages. So that queen did not learn her lesson when Popo showed up. In his court hearing, attorneys for Downs claimed his behavior was the result of mental and emotional stress brought on by, you can say that again, brought on by his breakup with Eames. So it's the ex-boyfriend's fault. He sent him down this emotional spiral, as well as his parents' deteriorating health. Thomas Downs recoils at the sight of the messages he sent. Downs' attorney, Robert Slynn, told the court he is thoroughly ashamed. I bet he is. He has the support of his new partner. So this psychotic queen has a new boyfriend who he now resides with. And folks, can you imagine, White Boy Macamax, can you imagine being the boyfriend, right? So you're dating this guy and you've been together, I don't know, probably a couple of years at this point, And you find out he's you know going through the court system because he was psychotically stalking his ex. You're probably like, hmm, what the hell have I gotten myself into? How do I get out of this? Right? But you're probably terrified to get out of it, right? Because you don't want him stalking you either. You don't want him to put another 11-year-old girl in danger. <laughs> Bless the partner's heart dealing with this maniac. In addition to his jail time, the court also handed Downs a 10-year restraining order and ordered him to complete 30 rehabilitation requirement days, as well as 100 hours of community service. Judge Edward Burgess also suspended Downs' sentence for 14 months, due in part to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> so this queen has to go to jail for 14 months, but not for 14 months because, man, I tell you what, COVID is a great excuse to do all sorts of bad things, get in trouble for it, and be like, well, can't really do the jail time right now because you don't want to catch the COVID, right? <laughs> this one, man, that's a nut job. I am lucky. I have not dated a nut job like that. But uh, hey, if you're if you are, call block. You can block them on your phone. You can block them on your uh, your grinder there. You can block them everywhere. I take that back. I did have one kind of technical stalker. So uh, <laughs> it's actually in Denver. Yes, yes, the uh, coffee guy. Yes. So no, I was I went out with this guy and uh, just met him for a coffee, and uh, he was weird. I mean, weird, 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 weird. Yeah, and he offered to pay for the coffee. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, fine, whatever, pay for the coffee. So, you know, he paid for the coffee and we did our little walk and talk and blah, 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 and drank the coffee and hey, okay, thanks, goodbye. And I was like, I am not going out with that one again. <laughs> he was weird. And uh, yeah, he wanted the money for the coffee back. <laughs> he wanted me to send him a check 
for like five bucks or something for that coffee. I think it was uh, I think it was five bucks, something like that. But yeah, he wanted me to pay him back, and he kept texting me over and over and over again. He wanted that five bucks. He was like, "Hi, good morning. Can I get my money now? Hi, good evening. Can I get my money?" And he kept texting me, and that was before the iPhone had the feature on it where you could block directly on the phone. And at the time I was with AT&T and it was like a $3 a month subscription. And I was like, I'm not paying the $3. I'll just ignore the text. And so, but it got to the point where I was like, ah, this guy is nuts. And I didn't want to engage with him because I didn't want to like pour gas on the fire. But uh, yeah, I just paid the three bucks and got rid of him. He was out of my life. He's probably still texting that number every day, twice a day, looking for that five bucks <laughs> and coffee. He's probably charging interest by now, but bless whoever's heart has that phone number. Now, because the, they're getting a coffee text, I'm sure, still. This is from Campus Reform, Macalester College. And folks, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. I, I get the gut feeling that I am, but I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, it looks like Macalester, M-A-C-A-L-E-S-T-E-R. So I'm just going to call it Macalester College. If you go there, you're an alumni from there. You live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and you're going to get butt hurt that I'm mispronouncing it. I'm really not doing it on purpose. I am a queen, but I am not a passive-aggressive queen, right? There's a difference there. So I'm just, that's how I think it's pronounced, so that's how I'm going to say it. McAllister College Student Government Approves Care Packages with Priority for Black Students. The Student Government Legislative Body at McAllister College in St. Paul, Minnesota, approved a measure to send $15 care packages to students, with a priority given to students identifying as black. So white boy Malcolm X. I think you might be able to get this uh, care package if you want it because uh, you do identify as black. An application for funding from the school's Black Lives Matter chapter obtained by Campus Reform notes that black students have <gasps> disproportionately been deeply affected by the trauma that followed the death of George Floyd. Well, that's rude, white boy Malcolm X. They have forgotten how many, we folks, we have countless stories of all those hysterical millennial white women out there who are on the front lines. They are the stormtroopers for Black Lives Matter. If you have got a BLM right out there, if you have a BLM protest out there, folks, you always have a pack of hysterical millennial white women out there. And that's most of them. You look out in the Black Lives Matter protest, you're like, where are all the black people? <laughs> it's a bunch of white women screaming at the poor black cops and the poor Hispanic cops. They're just screaming at everyone, right? They're riding along with the rest of them, right? They're having a grand gay old time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have clearly been disproportionately affected by this as well. And it is rude, rude of the BLM group to forget about, about their stormtroopers, the folks actually putting in the legwork here to, to move the cause forward. Those are hysterical millennial white women, and we should recognize them as well. The application suggested the creation of a fund to provide care packages for black-identifying students. That's capital B, black-identifying students. So they have to be real black-identifying students at the university. The total cost would amount to $4,500 for up to 150 packages, which it's not a lot of black people up there, I guess. I guess it is Minnesota. There are probably only like 10 or 15 people up there, which would not include 300 of shipping expenses. Each McAllister student would therefore cover $15 of the bill, which, in the words of the application, is not very much, but symbolic for us to show how much we see and care deeply for our black students during this dramatic time. And again, folks, they have forgotten all the hysterical millennial white women out there, and I should include hysterical Gen Z white women out there as well. Black Liberation Affairs Committee Vice President Gabby Whitehurst told the Mac, <laughs> you know, she's angry with her last name, told the Mac Weekly that the care packages are meant to be a gesture of goodwill. Black students are facing a lot of food and housing insecurities, and this is not meant to carry any of that burden, Whitehurst said. It's more of a gesture of goodwill coming from the school that I think a lot of people could appreciate right now. And folks, I have to say this, and I hate to say this. I just, I am loath to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, right? I just got to say this, White Boy Michael Mexico. I just got to get it off my chest. I'm embarrassed to be woke right now. I really am. I Yes, White by Michael Max. I am, I am embarrassed to be woke right now. And you folks know how woke I am, right? I am, I am the wokest person I know, right? I am, I am damn woke here. In fact, on Sunday's podcast, did I not call, did Miller Frost not call for the cancellation of Winnie the Pooh to help root out some of this white privilege, right? That damn teddy bear is a sign of white privilege. Christopher Robin is some rich white kid who has a teddy bear, more white privilege, more white supremacy. And I, as woke Miller Frost, called for the cancellation of Winnie the Pooh. And I'm looking at this, and I am embarrassed, folks. I am embarrassed to be woke right now. This BLM chapter is a joke. A $15 
snack package, whatever the hell these damn care packages have, what, like some snacks and some toilet paper and God knows what else is in it. $15, that is it. That is the best this BLM chapter can do. You people are an embarrassment to woke. You make me sick to my stomach. I am, oh, I am so upset, White by Malcolm X. I can't believe it. I'm going to have to go up there and show them how to be properly woke. No, I will do that right here from this podcast. You folks at the BLM chapter at Malacaster College or however the hell you pronounce that thing, you folks need to go big. $15 care packages, don't insult me. $30 care packages, pff, I spit on that, right? $100 care packages, how dare you waste my time, sir or ma'am or non-binary person? <laughs> do not waste my time. You folks up there, forget this symbolism crap. You want to show how deeply you care for your capital B black students, right? And you forget about the woke Gen Z and millennial white women out there doing all the good rioting too. <laughs> you people, your gesture should be show me the money. That is the only gesture you need to be wasting your time with. You need to be talking about free tuition. You need to be talking about elimination of student loans. You need to be talking, definitely, you need to be talking about BIPOC safe spaces. You're in Minnesota, for God's sakes. You're surrounded by white people. And what do you get with white people? White privilege, white supremacy, white power. You need, like, every BIPOC, every space you can get on that damn campus as a BIPOC safe space. You need to do that. And what is this crap about identifying as black? That is BS. You don't want to give fake black people these white boy Macamex. I'm sorry, but you are not getting that damn care package. You're not getting it. Rachel Dolezal, she will show up. She is the grand poobah of fake black chicks. She's going to show up and go, where is my gift package, right? Forget her too. You want real capital B black folks, you better do a genetic test to make sure that they are down for the struggle type of capital B black folks. Well, you can include white women. That is true. So you got to include the white women, but fake blacks like Rachel Dolls, and I forget her, right? But you need a good hysterical millennial white woman. She shows up. Good hysterical millennial Gen Z chick. She shows up. Yes, they get the care packages, but everyone else, no, they get nothing. They get no care packages whatsoever. So forget about that. But you folks, uh, you BLM folks at McAllister College. I'm telling you, I, I'm serious. I am embarrassed to be woke right now because you all need to step up your game. Remember, show me the Benjamins is the only gesture you should be demanding. $15 care packages are an insult to everything that you should be standing for. I'm sorry, White by Malcolm X. You're not butthurt about not uh, getting that care package, are you? <laughs> Here's $15. Here's some symbolism over substance for you. I hope that makes you feel better. Speaking of millennials... <laughs> I'll tell you what, they are everywhere, folks. Are they not? They are truly everywhere. But uh, I do have to say, I love my millennial folks out there. I do love the millennials in the audience. I know I give you a hard time, like I give the, the folks of Florida a hard time, right? But uh, that is meant uh, that is meant from a place of love. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if anyone believed that, but it's true. It is from a place of love. If I didn't like you, I wouldn't tease you. Anyway, let's go ahead and dig in. This is from Inverse. Psychologists reveal why it's harmful to keep calling millennials entitled. Uh-oh, uh-oh, white boy Malcolm X. We better do a trigger warning before we even start reading this article because I'm sure we have some frail millennial egos out there that are going to be devastated by this news. Anyone who's read or watched the news in the past five years or listened to the Miller Frost Show has seen some version of the same message. Millennials are ruining everything, including Buffalo Wild Wings, Diamonds, and even Nightlife. Whether or not any of this bad rap is deserved, and folks, you know it is, new research on 2,553 people in the journal PLOS One shows that millennials believe what they're told about themselves and that doing so is harming them. Oh, oh poor princess. Poor princess, I'm sorry. Oh, I would give you a hug in a safe space if I could. In a paper published in May 2019, a team of researchers presents evidence that millennials believe they're the most entitled and narcissistic living age group. So folks, it's not just us. Millennials believe that as well. And this belief is distressing to them. And let me tell you something, millennials, it's distressing the hell out of the rest of us too. The study's first author, Josh Grubbs, PhD, an assistant professor of psychology at Bowling Green State University, tells Inverse that this research was motivated, among other reasons, by the fact that even though scientists haven't demonstrated that millennials are any worse than previous generations, millennials have nonetheless been found guilty of entitlement and narcissism by their elders. Across three different experiments and five sample populations, holy crap, that is a lot of millennials, Grubbs and his team found a consistent pattern. Millennials, you know how they got them there at the study, White Bell Malcolm X? They were like, 
Come to our study and participate in our study. We serving free avocado toast and iced coffees. And I'm like, oh, we gotta go. We gotta go do this study. So it's like a, it's the herd of millennials was out there <laughs> stampeding to get their free avocado toast and iced coffees. But let's pick that back up. Across three different experiments and five sample populations, Grubbs and his team found a consistent pattern. Millennials not only think they're uniquely narcissistic and entitled. But, of course, not only are they special, they're special in really horrible ways as well. But they also think that those qualities are negative in themselves and others, and they feel bad about being seen this way. Well, they should. While Grubbs notes that this finding wasn't surprising, he points out that the cross-generational attitudes reveal a gulf of understanding between millennials and their elders. And that is an interesting study, folks. It's kind of funny to see how... uh, that perception has bled out into society and that it is impacting them, that they see themselves that way. Everyone else sees them that way, right? But they see themselves that way and it's, they're a little butthurt about, <laughs> about that uh, impression of them. But uh, I have to say, though, in Millennials' defense, I do have to say this, though. See, I am being nice to Millennials, right, by Malcolm X. Part of it's not their fault, right? Because their parents, for the most part, right, their parents were baby boomers. And Folks, if you want to talk about entitled and narcissistic, it was the baby boomers. You know, go talk to one, right, and say, tell me about the 60s. They'll go on and on and on and on, <laughs> about three, four hours, and talk about how great the 60s were, and dropping acid, and smoking weed, and Woodstock, and the Beatles, and Rolling Stone, and blah, 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 blah. That's their parents, right? That is their parents for the most part, and they were an entitled and narcissistic uh, group of people. And who were their parents? They were like the greatest generation. They came out of like uh, World War II. And all that, and they wanted to uh, spoil their children, right? Because there was so much uh, restriction on the good stuff back in the day. And so these kids were spoiled and entitled. And what did they do? They turned around and spoiled and entitled their bratty kids, the millennials. So sometimes it's not their fault, right? You look at the parents, right? Some of these, uh, I use Paris Hilton. Remember, she just turned 40 years old about uh, a couple months ago. I think we were celebrating her birthday here on the Miller Frost Show. But I was like, look at the parents, right? Rick and Kathy Hilton, look at those two dopes. Is it any wonder that Paris Hilton turned out the way she did? No. And she is an older millennial. But uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You look at Paris, you look at the parents, you're like, I know exactly where that came from. But uh, yeah, there's that. And then, of course, there is social media, right? And I have to say, I cannot imagine White by Malcolm X. I cannot imagine growing up with all that. And Gen X folks, us, White by Malcolm X and myself, we are the last generation to remember a childhood where we didn't have cell phones and iPads and all this interconnectivity, you know, and we had like 12 television channels. That was it. I mean, we were excited to get a VCR in the house. HBO was brand new back then. That was way back in the day. But yeah, we did not have any of that stuff, but we also didn't have, now we had like peer pressure and all that kind of fun stuff that you normally have in high school, but we didn't have, you know, when kids, you know, kids are like a bunch of mean girls, right? In high school. But we, we had that, right? But we didn't have it to the extent that these, uh, these kids have it now, right? Where, you know, rumors and gossiping about people goes like it gets blasted pretty much all over the world these days where one screw up, you will never live it down, right? It is recorded for all of world history. Anyone can search that online and find that about you. And uh, God knows where I would be in life if my uh, youth had been captured for all of time. And uh, everyone gets to see that. You type in uh, Miller Frost and then uh, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that crap is being dug up again. So I can see where there have been exterior influences out there that have brought on some of this. But I do say this with love. But you folks, generally speaking, and I know a lot of really super cool, laid back, mellow, not overindulged, not narcissistic millennials out there. But uh, you folks out there, you know. Behave yourselves, and we will uh, we'll talk more nicely about you in the future. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen your uh, your Facebook feed back in the day. <laughs> had there been, uh, had Mark Zuckerberg done that when we were children. But uh, I actually look back, yeah, it would have been fun to have like a cell phone or an iPad or some of that stuff. But uh, I, I do enjoy the fact that there was like, there was no choice, right? You had to like go out and play, right? Your mom was like, go out and play, right? There were no video games. And when they did have like the Atari and the Commander, uh, Commodore 64, whatever those damn things were called, they were the crappiest games ever, right? Uh, Donkey Kong and uh, all those. uh, They were kind of cool when they were starting to come out, but that was the 80s, right? There was not a lot of that stuff to do. So you kind of had to go find your own fun. You didn't have the choice of saying, okay, I'm just going to veg and lose myself in my cell phone all day, every day, right? So 
Anyway, you kids hang in there. I'm sure it'll be okay or, or not, but uh, hey, it is as it is, correct? This is from the Washington Free Beacon. Buttigieg. So White Boy Malcolm X, that short queen is back in the news. And folks, no, we still, like I said, it's a state secret. We still have not found out how short that pocket gay, that pocket queen Pete Buttigieg is. But anyway, he's back. Buttigieg shuns public transit, takes SUV convoy to Pizza Hut for bicycle purchase. So it seems Pete is settling in as a higher ranking member in the ruling class because he's got himself an SUV convoy like all the good ruling class folks do. Pocket Queen Pete Buttigieg's days, man, say that 10 times fast, as a bike share customer may have come to an end. So even Pete figured out, even that short Pocket Queen figured out that those crappy rental bikes are not worth anything. The transportation secretary purchased his very own bicycle last week in the parking lot of a pizza hut in Washington, D.C. Regrettably, the failed candidate's fondness for self-propelled transportation was overshadowed by his lust for environmental violence. Well, I like those folks at the Washington Free Beacon. They're cheeky. According to an account of the transaction posted on social media, Buttigieg arrived in the Pizza Hut in a convoy of at least four government SUVs spewing deadly carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And I hope, folks, I hope it was one of those SUVs with those retractable little steps (laughs) so he could get out there without a lot of help. Our neighbor sells used bikes, so that pocket queen Pete Buttigieg is a cheap queen because he got himself a used bike and last week he met a customer at a Petworth Pizza Hut. He said he was waiting for the person when a couple of black government SUVs pulled up, and then a couple more. And then out pops Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> that little queen popping out. I'm here! Boston Globe journalist Jasmine Ulolia wrote on Twitter, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, Jasmine, but if I did not, it was not on purpose. He sold a hybrid commuter to the U.S. Secretary of Transportation that evening, Turned out my neighbor had been talking to Buttigieg's husband, Chastin, all along. Oh, Chastin is back as well, white boy Malcolm X. Folks, you don't know who Chastin Buttigieg is. He's that, uh, he's that low-ranked queen from Indiana that when Rush Limbaugh passed, he was out on social media being a bitch. <laughs> he was being snarky about Rush's death. So can you see white boy Malcolm X? Can you see that uh, queen, that low-ranked queen, Chastin Buttigieg, calling up a... My husband is the Secretary of Transportation, and we want to buy a used bike. So can you give us a good deal? Because we're cheap queens. You know, we're going to spend our we're going to spend our money on some fancy cocktails that we can swirl in these fancy fancy restaurants here in D.C. But can you get us a good deal on a bike? I'm going to send him over, and he's going to he's going to show up with a bunch of black SUVs because he's the Secretary of Transportation. We're in the ruling class now. You might think that I'm just a low rank queen from Indiana. You are wrong. I am the husband of the Secretary of Transportation. I'm fancy now. I'm moving on up, just like the Jeffersons, bitch. Goodness. Buttigieg's decision, and I can see him doing that exactly, White Boy Malcolm X. Buttigieg's decision to travel by SUV convoy was an especially craven act of environmental injustice, a.k.a. violence, because of his refusal to make use of the D.C. metro area's public transportation system, a paragon of efficiency and convenience thanks to decades of Democratic Party stewardship. (laughs) Oh, I do love you folks at the Washington Free Beacon. I guess the only question I have is when Pete Buttigieg is back on his little bike now that he doesn't have to get the... uh, the bike share bike, he's got his own used bike that uh, Chastin negotiated for him. Is he still going to wear a mask riding around on that bike looking like an idiot with that hideous man purse and his mask on driving around all by himself going to catch the COVID out there out in public? So I wonder if Pete, I'm sorry, Secretary Pete, Pocket Queen Pete, <laughs> whatever you want to call yourself, are you still going to wear that mask? Tell you what, more symbolism over substance because we have not had enough of that on today's podcast. Should I go easier on Chastin next time I put Malcolm X? I mean, it's kind of mean to call him a low-ranked queen from Indiana. I don't even know if he's from Indiana. I just, that's what I call him. Give him more. (laughs) Chastin, I'm so sorry. It's white boy Malcolm X's fault. The next time I give you a tongue lashing, it's his fault. This is from Breitbart. Natalie Portman rewrites classic fairy tales to make them gender neutral so children can defy gender stereotypes. Natalie, I am as bored with you just reading that headline as I am bored with all the token queens I see on television shows these days. Marvel's Thor, Love and Thunderstar, Natalie Portman. Oh, that's right. 
Oh, you raging pajama boys out there. I forgot this is going to appeal to you, but uh, I forgot Thor is now a chick. What's his name? The Helmsworth guy. Uh, what? I can't. I don't know. These guys. Which one is he? Chris Helmsworth. Chris Helmsworth is gone. Thank you, White Boy Malcolm X. Chris Helmsworth is gone. And Natalie Portman, she was the love interest, and now she is Thor. So I don't know how they're going to pivot that, but I guess we'll find out here soon. Anyway, she has rewritten several classic fairy tales, including The Three Little Pigs, to make them more gender neutral so children can defy gender stereotypes. Portman, who will star as a female Thor in an upcoming Marvel superhero movie, and I just repeated that, folks, just so you woke pajama boys in your mother's basement with your comic books can uh, enjoy that thought, has debuted her gender-corrected book of fairy tales entitled Natalie Portman's Fables. The three tales the Black Swan Star remade include The Tortoise and the Hare and Country Mouse and City Mouse. According to the Hello magazine, Portman felt the ages-old fairy tales did not reflect the world. Well, Natalie, for Christmas sakes, they're talking animals. <laughs> of course they don't reflect the world. They got a wolf out there huffing and puffing. You got three little pigs out there talking, and I have never read or heard of Country Mouse and City Mouse, not that I can recall. I'm sure they're talking mouses too. <laughs> so, yes, of course, they do not reflect the world, dummy. And she wanted to have more stories to read to her own children that edited away the focus on male characters. I found myself changing the pronouns in many of their books because that has got to be obnoxious. Because so many of them had overwhelmingly male characters, disproportionate to reality, the Thor star said. Boys need to see that women have a multitude of opportunities open to them to consider what they think and feel and how they experience the world. And I feel God. I feel bad for her kids. If she's, they've got to listen to that crap. God. And folks, she has a son and a daughter, and she is emasculating that boy as quickly as she can. And folks, if you think that's as nutty as she gets, you are wrong. Portman has also been a big activist to defund police departments in the U.S. when she jumped aboard the defund the police movement. See, I told you folks, hysterical millennial chicks. In June of last year, she joined a list of celebrities to sign a letter advocating for an end to American law enforcement. The Star Wars actress, and I don't know if you could call that acting in that horrible, horrible, horrible prequel series in Star Wars, also said her own white privilege, so she has now confessed to having white privilege, made her fear the phrase defund the police. The only question I have, White Boy Malcolm X, is I wonder what her private security is like. I'm sure it's fine, right? I mean, she can run around going, you don't need the police. You don't need the police. None of you people need the police. That's white privilege to even think that. How dare you? Right? So she can run around that because I'm sure she has well-paid, well-armed bodyguards like a lot of these folks do, flapping their mouths about, uh, you know, defund the police. <laughs> okay, Natalie. Okay, there. You got us there. What an idiot. I hear she's actually a very intelligent young lady. She's just one of these stupid smart people, and they infest everywhere around here, especially in Boston. Go to Harvard, go to MIT, a bunch of stupid smart people. White Boy Malcolm X, we are down to three stories. Yes, yes, sir, we are. We are down to three stories. And this first story of the last three stories, folks, this is a public service announcement, and I know I am getting late in the program, and I should have done this first thing, but hey, we're saving the best for last. So, folks, I need you to stop what you're doing. I need you to, uh, if you're eating an avocado toast and drinking a nice coffee, I need you to put them both down. I need you to listen to this. If you're down in your mother's basement defiling yourself, you're eyeing up your sex doll, stop that too. Listen to this, especially, especially, especially you folks in Ontario, Canada. And if you're like, what's that a boot? I'm about to tell you. This is from UPI. Loose ram chases Ontario cyclists down rural road. So yes, folks, we may have on our hands in Ontario, Canada, we may have a rapey ram. An Ontario cyclist captured video of his unusual encounter with a loose ram that chased him for more than half a mile down the road. So this must be a really horny ram if he is chasing a cyclist. Keith Ailey said that he was riding his... Wait, whoa, white boy Malcolm X. You have a male ram and a male cyclist. Yes, yes, sir, we do, folks. Let me amend that. We don't have a potentially rapey ram. We have a potentially rapey gay ram, so who knew there were rapey gay rams out there, but apparently there very well may be one in this case. Keith Ailey said he was riding his bike on a road just west of Thunder Bay when he spotted a dark-colored animal at the side of the road ahead of him. I wonder what cologne this man is wearing. That could solve the mystery. 
Because remember, folks, the rapey kangaroo got turned on by Sarah Jessica Parker perfume. It was pretty big for a dog and really hairy. I see lots of dogs and it was too small for a bear, Ailey told CBC News. Ailey said the animal, which he quickly realized was a ram, watched attentively as he rode past. I bet it did. As soon as I went past him, he did a full-on sprint, Ailey said. So I bet that ram was like, mm, I want to get me some of that. He was kind of charging and making some grunts or pretty deep baas at the very least. God, that is a creepy ram. Can you see that wipe of Malcolm X going, mm, going after him to rape that cyclist. Ailey captured video of the ram running after him. So I assume, folks, that Keith Ailey, and not to pick on millennials too much, I suspect he was a millennial because he could whip that phone out and go, I'm going to put myself on camera. I'm going to videotape this ram chasing me, trying to get me. (laughs) Who other than a millennial and a Gen Z would be able to take that phone out and get uh, get that shot? He was running after me, and if I slowed down, he would speed up. So he was teasing. Keith was teasing that horny ram. And I thought, I wonder if he's going to give me a good shot here, he said. He would if you let him. Ailey said the ram chased him for more than half a mile before a truck traveling in the other direction captured the animal's attention. He kind of went over to the truck and hung out with him for a little bit, Ailey said, and I pedaled off, and that was my experience. So folks, we are going to keep our eye on this story from UPI. We are definitely going to keep an eye out there, make sure that you folks in Ontario are safe. We do have a potentially rapey gay ram out there who will chase a man down and try to get him. Hopefully it is not uh, successful there. We, uh, we are so glad that uh, no one has been... Uh, well, we did have that one woman who was partially assaulted by the rapey kangaroo in Australia. He did, like, knock her down and try to get her and stuff. But uh, we did not have any sort of abuse in Alabama. And I certainly, folks, I certainly hope we do not have any sort of violence or assault in Ontario as well. I can't believe, I can't believe the white boy Malcolm X, this idiot is teasing him, slowing down, going, come here, Ram, come here, Ram, I got a camera, I'm going to videotape you, come here. Oh, no, you're not going to get me, and cycles away. And does that again, just keeps teasing the poor, poor horny Ram who just wants to tap something. So, you be on the lookout there in Ontario, and we will make sure that uh, when we hear that that Ram has been uh, you know, taken care of, we will lower that public service announcement to threat level green. This is from Pink News. Oh, God. This sad drama queen is back, ladies and gentlemen. Milo Yiannopoulos. And we had a story on, uh, on Sunday's podcast how Milo Yiannopoulos, that queen that affected Nellie Queen, is claiming to be ex-gay. He is straight as an arrow, apparently. He has slipped up once in the, in the last 250 days. He does still have a kept boy, but they're just platonic now, apparently, mostly, I think. Who knows? He's still giving the guy Givenchy and a Porsche every year. But, uh, yeah, he is <coughs> he is straight. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he is apparently, here's this headline, Milo Yiannopoulos to open traumatizing conversion therapy clinic in Florida. So this queen is going to help convert other gays, other queens, white by Malcolm X, to being straight, just like him. Self-titled pop star of hate, Milo Yiannopoulos has announced plans to open his own conversion therapy clinic in Florida a week after declaring himself ex-gay. And if it's in Florida, folks, man, it's going to be double the train wreck it normally would be. The former Breitbart editor is currently appealing to the religious right in a desperate attempt to remain relevant after being kicked off Twitter and Facebook for violating hate speech rules. With his followers and cash flow rapidly receding, man, you queens at Pink News, you're being catty there. He's now telling anyone who will believe him that he's now 100% sodomy free. (laughs) And no one believes him on that. I doubt he even believes that. And is launching a reparative therapy clinic so others can join him. This has been the easiest thing to raise money for that I've ever done, Milo Yiannopoulos told the New York Post on Monday. There is an enormous demand for this among people who believe they've been led astray by, it sounds silly to call it this, but you know, the gay establishment. (gasps) Heavens no, white boy Malcolm X, the gay establishment. I thought they called it the gay mafia, but I guess it is the gay establishment also. I think part of that is the resurgence of religious, socially conservative kind of reactionary politics among noisy young conservatives, he explained. So-called conversion therapy, which is sometimes known as reparative therapy, according to Human Rights Campaign, which, folks, is my favorite gay professional organization, is often compared to torture and has been linked to higher risks of depression, suicide, and drug addiction. There is no credible evidence that sexual orientation or gender identity can be changed in any way, 
and all efforts to do so have been rejected by every mainstream medical and mental health organization for decades. But Yiannopoulos dismissed the mountain of evidence, claiming the perception of conversion therapy had been skewed by the poisonous and wicked and evil gay lobby. So we have a gay establishment, White Boy Malcolm X, and we also have a gay lobby. For those people to suggest that reparative therapy is somehow damaging to people's self-esteem is so laughably preposterous, I don't take it seriously, he said. And we don't take you being straight seriously, you big queen, Milo, so you go, girl. Milo Yiannopoulos is confident America's Christian renaissance will bankroll him, claiming he's already had people DMing him to ask, where do I send the effing check? You know, like, get me in your program. (laughs) I mean, hell, folks. You know, even if I were inclined to do that, which I am not or will ever be, like I always say, I thank God every day that I am gay. But even if I wanted to do that, the last place I would go, the last person I would write a check to is this charlatan queen, Milo Yiannopoulos. But when asked in what sense he is now ex-gay, he conceded that it's an ongoing process and right now he's just managing a state of abstinence or mostly abstinence. He did confess in our Sunday podcast in that article that he has slipped up once. And I bet it was a good time, right, Milo? Celibacy is a modest and achievable middle-term goal. Naturally, in the end, my aspiration would be to take it all the way, he said. I bet it is. Adding that he only uses the term ex-gay to troll critics. Gosh, Milo, bless your heart, bless your heart, bless your heart. That is going to be a huge Huge, huge dumpster fire with that conversion therapy clinic run by that queen. You see him, hi, welcome to my conversion therapy clinic. I'm just going to say this because I am so ex-gay. I am so super straight. And I, well, every couple of uh, hundred days or so, I just, I go and get that penis. But the rest of it, I am so super straight, folks. I am just, and I'm going to help you be super straight. And so here is the invoice. You need to write me a big old check, and you can make that out to me personally. Cash is actually better. If you have an envelope full of cash, briefcase full of cash, you need to do that. Just bring that in here. That would be fabulous, because that is how I want to make it. I am going to help you girls be straight. It is going to be just wonderful. We're going to have such a gay old time. I mean, we're going to have a straight old time here. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I didn't mean that. Uh, but yeah, that is going to be uh, being welcomed into, uh, into Milo's dumpster fire therapy clinic. This does, though, this does remind me, the movie Boy Erased um, is out there, and it is a horrible movie. And no, it's actually a great movie, but it is horrible in that it is a kind of a true life story of someone who went through this kind of therapy. And it was, uh, I can't remember the writer's name, but uh, Nicole Kidman was in it. Russell Crowe was in it. He was the religious father. She was the wife, the kind of dopey wife in the beginning. The kid was Lucas Hedges and White Boy Malcolm X. Ginger for you. (laughs) There was a ginger in there if you haven't seen it. And, uh, it was, uh, what's his name, Joel Eg- Edgerton, Edgerton, I don't mean to mispronounce his name. He was, he like directed it, I think he co-wrote it with the original author of the, the book or the, the story, and he directed it as well, but it's a very, very, very well done. It's depressing, uh, but it was amazingly well done. So I encourage you to watch that. They're not giving me a plug. I just uh, thought that would be a, if you want to get an idea of what those sorts of conversion therapy programs are like for people, that was, uh, it was based on a true story, so Boy Erased is the name of that movie. I think it's a couple years old at this point. I'm just looking for White Boy Malcolm X. I am just looking for that Queen's next act because this one is, I can't see that crashing and burning uh, at some point here soon. Okay, folks, just what you have been waiting for, our last story, a Florida story, and it is a smoking gun story. And thank you, Lord, for giving me this beautiful story. Pickle packing perv popped on private premises. Hmm, what the heck is going on with that pickle? A pantless Florida man was arrested yesterday after police spotted him. Folks, I hope you're sitting down for this. I really do. Pleasuring himself with a pickle while on a private premises, according to an arrest affidavit. Responding to a suspicious person call around 4 p.m., a cop saw Eric Dietich, 47, lying on his back in front of a townhouse in Oldsmar, a city in the Tampa Bay area. Dietich, unencumbered by pants or underwear, and folks... If you don't want to hear this, just shut the podcast off. I'm just saying, it's going to be entertaining. Had his penis in one hand and a large uneaten pickle in his other hand. Dietish, the cop added, was using the pickle to penetrate his rectum while he was masturbating. (laughs) So yes, folks, this man was out on the front lawn of this townhome, masturbating, putting a pickle up his butt. (laughs) 
These people and their public fetishes, white boy Malcolm X. I mean, we've had the guy screwing the uh, stuffed animals in the Target. We had the guy masturbating in his car at the Walmart. We had the other guy putting on the, the panties or the tights and taking a dildo and going on to a new car dealership and defiling himself there. And now this weirdo in Florida. And these were all in Florida, folks. I, like I said in a couple podcasts ago, you all have a merry band of perverts <laughs> running around that state that you got to be careful of. Dietish was arrested on a misdemeanor exposure of sexual organs charge. And of course, only in Florida, folks, can you masturbate in public, masturbate on your front yard and put a pickle up your butt and use that as a dildo and that be a misdemeanor. Good God. You people in Florida, start throwing out more felonies on these sorts of things. He is being held in the Pinellas County Jail in lieu of a $150 bond. So he can't even raise $150, White Bill Malcolm X, to get his perverted ass out of jail. <laughs> Good God. Dietish, whose address is listed as the Flying Cloud Mobile Home Park in Tampa. Where else but a mobile home park in Tampa would he be from? Has prior convictions for theft, disorderly conduct, resisting police, and criminal mischief. And now for defiling a pickle while pleasuring himself. Jail records note that Dietich has only God can judge me tattooed on his arm. And God will judge, my friend. God will definitely judge. There is no indication in court records that the pickle was seized as evidence. So, okay, I mean, got a guy on the lawn defiling himself, defiling the pickle, defiling his butthole. (laughs) All sorts of defiling going on there, and I can't top that, so it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Folks, thank you so much for coming by this midweek Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with white boy Malcolm X. I hope you all have a good rest of your week and start your weekend, and we will see you all back here on Sunday. In the meantime, take care. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.